Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now, on with the show. Okay, so we are thrilled to welcome us interior designer Summer Thornton to the show today. She is a Chicago-based designer. She's appeared in Architectural Digest, El Decor, House Beautiful, The Wall Street Journal, and The New York Times, and as well as on the cover of Veranda for the May-June issue. Her style is often described as maximalist with a modern sensibility, whimsical textiles, bold art, surprising patterns, and we were thrilled to get to check out your brand new book, Wonderland Adventures in Decorating, which debuts from Rizzoli last month. So welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Caroline. I'm happy to be here. Excited to be here to talk about the book and all things decorating. (laughs) We were talking before we started recording about just how much fun the book Mm -hmm. is. Liz, Taryn, y'all chime in. I mean, it's just multiple mornings with coffee. It was just like made (laughs) so many mornings good. I was carrying this book around with me everywhere. And it's not a carry around with you book. It's a coffee table book. And I would just share it with people and be like, you've got to see this. It's so fun. And maybe I should have made it a little bit smaller. I I wanted it bigger. (laughs) The bigger the images, the better. Yeah. Next one bigger for sure. (laughs) Liz will get a wagon by then. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, I was at high point and I was like, some people were carrying it in their backpack to, to the book signing. And I'm like, Oh, you guys, we have the books here. You didn't have to carry it in your backpack, but really cute. Yeah. Yeah. They just wanted to get a workout in too. So it's multi-purpose. Yes, exactly. Let's kick off with maybe you can kind of tell us about the book and also maybe explain to people the sort of concept behind the title, Wonderland. Yeah, I would love to. So we just came out with our first book, Wonderland Adventures in Decorating. And I think it came out earlier last month, Uh, so it's been out for a a little bit, and it's been really fun to see people's response to it. And we, when we set out to make the book, we wanted it to, it's obviously an interior design coffee table book, but we wanted to shake it up a little bit and make it one that people actually read. (laughs) I read all of my coffee table books, but a lot of times I find that people just flip through the images. Uh, So we wanted to really tell a story with this book and the title is Wonderland. And it's an idea that I've been thinking about for quite some time. And actually in the process of writing this book, realized that one of our first show houses that we ever did was based on Alice in Wonderland. And it's kind of a concept that um, has been bouncing around in my mind for the past 10 years and just felt like it was the perfect time to culminate all of the work and uh, entitle it Wonderland since that was sort of the impetus for everything that we've been creating, kind of trying to create these imaginary worlds that are a little bit different from the ordinary. <laughs> yeah, you talk about how you sort of think of each client space as this imaginary dream world. And that's sort of the 
concept for where your decorating goes, you know, your patterns and your colors and everything. And I loved the, in the introduction, you talked about how when you were a kid, you would sort of like frolic through the bluebells, like fields. And, <laughs> um, and I just loved sort of starting with imagination as being kind of the whole root of both your design and the spaces that you're creating for the clients because, you know, decorating should be fun and imagination exactly. and playfulness. That's really, I think, sometimes gets lost a little bit in decorating. We take it so seriously when in reality it should be fun and playful. And you just do such an amazing job capturing that playfulness in all of your spaces and in the book in general. Um, so Thank I, you. I just feel like if you are in the market for some, some fun <laughs> and some joy, this is a great yes. book to pick up. So many of your images in the book are also from your own home, which I thought was mm -hmm. just really wonderful because your home is just so filled with romance and wonder. And it's so richly layered with, with pattern and color. It's just, it's really inspiring. Thank you. And I think our, um, when I was decorating our personal home, it was sort of one of the first opportunities that I had to really explore that idea of fairy tale in a way that I could even verbalize it and talk about it with my client being my family, because I live in Chicago. A lot of our, we have clients nationwide, but a lot of our clients are in Chicago and Chicago is a very pragmatic city. As you probably remember, Liz, it's a gray and pragmatic city. And we have a lot of <laughs> clients that are in finance and they're very, we, all of our clients are, you know, type A uh, serious people. And so there's only a few that you can really kind of bring up this, introduce this idea of fantasy and fairy tale too. So what I really wanted to do was explore that in our own house. And really the book is a, a was a way to put that out there to the world too. I always say like, you get what you put out. So we wanted to put out the things that we wanted to get back. And that is this client that has the love of imagination and escapism and fairy tale. And that's really where we were headed with that. And I love that you brought it back to my childhood. It's actually right now the bluebells are blooming in the woods behind my house. And I'm sad that I'm not there to see them. But I didn't grow up in a, in a very aesthetically focused way. But I so I think that's one of the reasons I like to escape. So nature was obviously beautiful in one of the ways I could escape as a child into these imaginary worlds, not unlike Alice, which is probably why I relate to her in so many ways. I just love it. And I love you even talked about the tea time in your book and just <laughs> celebrating all the little things. How do you find that you celebrate now? If you've set the, uh, you talk about your dining room and I just loved how you talked about the colors and then just how that helped with your table escape. Yeah, well, my dining room is currently preset for a baby shower that I'm hosting on Friday. So one of the ways that, uh, you know, I really encourage and, and practice is I like to invite people into our home and throw parties. I mean, I, I love to throw parties because basically they're creating environments again. So it's like a mini decorating project where you get to create a whole new world within just one afternoon or something like that. Uh, so I love to have people over and I do use my dining room as a stage quite often for different movies that I like to play or different stories that I like to tell. And 
yeah, I have this beautiful Gracie wallpaper that has that silvery background. And one of the things that I thought about a lot while I was decorating my dining room was how can I make it a room that I can change the mood of instantly, or I can put a different tablecloth and different china down and tell a different either seasonal story or themed party or something like that. And instead of taking it to a neutral place, which it was would not be my jam, I decided to incorporate like every color in the room. And that way, <laughs> no color feels left out. And you can really tie in almost any theme with the room. And it, it does transition well from day to night and season to season. Um, so it, it, it has worked. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. Just like focusing on bringing in, you knew you would want different tablescapes. And so you found a wallpaper that suited that need. And I just thought that was such a good envelope for, again, this presentation and uh, play you're putting on. Yeah. And in a way, it's like silver leaf. That's neutral, right? So yes. <laughs> that part is neutral. And then it has all these mm-hmm. great flowers and blooming trees and all of these things that bring in all these really pretty colors that kind of work with whatever I'm trying to do. So, Okay. I have a question, a practical question for you. You said that you've already set your table for a Friday party and it is currently yes. Tuesday. So, yes. how, And you have two young kids. So how yes. how does that work out? <laughs> They know, um, well, they know, of course, the flowers aren't there, but yes, everything else is set up. And they know when mommy's having a party that they just don't touch the table. Like, okay. we used to when they were really young, we called it mommy's fancies. Mommy's fancies are out. Don't touch them. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that one. <laughs> so my son said to me this weekend, he said, mommy, why is the dining room fancy? And so I explained to him. And then I also explained to him that he's not to touch it. So okay. it's, you know, not without its problems, but they, they, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, they listen pretty well. My son is my daughter, bless her. She's, she's only broken like one thing in her entire life. But my son, I, we joke that he breaks something every week. And that's just something I have to let go because I like, mm-hmm. I love my son and I love my stuff. So they have yeah. to, <laughs> they have to live together. <laughs> there will be casualties for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Sadder to not like put all those things away for yeah. one, like 10 years. And to sell your child. To yeah. just know it's, yeah. it's going to break sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Neither one a good option. Well, yeah, I had this collection of vintage ornaments that I didn't put out for a few years after my daughter was born. And then I was just like, you know what? I, how long am I? And then my son, I, I had them kind of far apart. So I was like, this is going to be, like you said, like 10 years. So I just decided that some of them were going to break. And every year we break, you know, six or seven. Yeah. And <laughs> that was a way lot. higher just, number than I thought. No, no, I thought you were going to say one or two. Well, no, six or no. My son is he he breaks everything. Okay, he, all right. He's very distracted. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we're like, oh, I liked that one. I did. Oh well, I did. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. But you know what? I also just have to remind myself that I also break things all the time. Yeah. So my three year old is not the only one, and I can't, you know. Blame it all on her. Like, exactly. It's just as much me, you know. So, for sure. For sure. Yes. And I just think it's like a sadder way to live, to live in fear of it, as opposed to just accepting the minor heartbreak that is when it's just mm-hmm. stuff, right? So when it breaks, it's, it's not the end right. of the world. Right. Well, what about their rooms? Ha- I mean, your daughter's old enough to have an opinion. 
She's had an that. opinion since she was two. So, okay. yeah. She was, <laughs> she's always had one. Never mind. See, this was an uphill always. battle. Okay. Um, <laughs> did, did you let her do the most recent room or, like, help you, I should say? She looked at the design plan ahead of time. But now she, like me, her her favorite color changes frequently. So when we designed mm-hmm. the room, and as you all know, the design process takes a while. So I probably designed the room a year before it was installed, at least. And her favorite color was pink. And her favorite color transitioned to blue right as we were installing. Uh, so I quick rushed and, and put in this antique chaise that has this bright cobalt blue on it in the end of her room in the bay window and uh, kind of satisfied her little want for some blue blue because the wallpaper and the drapes were not changing. So yeah, yeah, but she, she loves it. She thinks her room is just, it's her little haven and she, she's can always be found in there for sure. to ask about, you know, you talk in the, in the introduction about how you decorate by instinct and you mentioned that you don't usually pull colors from a, you know, often kind of people say I pick one, you know, hero fabric or one main mm-hmm. fabric that's sort of the jumping off point. And then I pull colors from that to build the rest of the, the fabric palette. You don't do that. And you also don't do a ton of neutrals. I have, but I keep it, I keep it quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that other decorator will be like, oh, neutrals as your base and then add color oh, right. there. You don't do that either. So no. talk us through how you build a fabric scheme. Where do you start and how do how do you add things if they don't match? Like what is your sort of guidelines for what works within the mm-hmm. within the, the fabric scheme? Well, a lot of times we'll have some sort of either imagery or idea of something where where a room starts. Uh, like I can think of a recent example that I was looking at. I saw the cover of Elle magazine and it had this beautiful image of this futuristic uh, woman. And she had, it was like bright orange and lime green and hot pink. And she had, it was just like such a striking image. And I thought that that is an image that I'm going to build an entire like house around. So really it's just something that kind of grabs you and strikes you. Another recent example is we did a, show house room in at high point and back to my love of fairy tales which makes me sound really silly i love mary blair who was an illustrator in the 1940s i believe for walt disney and i just think her work is the most exquisite magical and the color combinations that she uses are very unusual in my opinion and so we started with one of her illustrations i think it was from cinderella and that we we kind of built the whole palette around it for that room. So it's things like that. It's like fashion. It's, we have a whole project that's built around like Joseph Albers work and his, uh, the way he used two colors within a painting to contrast each other. So it's like a color blocking story. So I think, and for me, I'm obviously very visual. So when I find an image that strikes me, it's easy to pull the idea from that. For our listeners, if you don't know Mary Blair's work, you know it's a small world ride at Disney. Yes. yes. So you know her work. <laughs> you would, yeah, I actually just Googled it and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that, I, yeah, I've seen it. I didn't yeah, know. She's yeah, she's a favorite of mine as well. Really fun and really incredible yes. color mixes. Yes, the colors are just so amazing together. And I find in general, like a good tip is artists tend to be a lot freer with color than decorators. So 
a lot of times I go to artists because I think that they have a more unusual eye for color, then decorators can get really stuck in this like, oh, blue and brown look great together. And let's do that in every, let's do the floral and the stripe. And, the, and you get like kind of formulaic, whereas I feel like artists have a freer sense of color. So it's fun to use that as a jumping off point. You kind of just mentioned that formula. And that is something we've talked about in the show before, if you're starting out to kind of get your footing. But what would you say to, you know, a lay person, someone who's just trying to work on their home on their own. You've got those years of expertise, but is there any anything you would you would say to someone starting out about breaking those rules? But how do you break a rule knowing that it's going to work versus not? <laughs> well, you don't always <laughs> know, know it's going to work. Not a great question. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of the things that I ask like clients is, you know, what's your favorite hotel? What's your favorite? vacation destination. Like if you think about somebody's favorite vacation destination, right? If they picture somewhere in Aspen in the mountains, like that is a color palette. You, you put yourself there. If they picture the Italian coast, that's a color palette. You could put yourself there and they're a mood and they're a vibe. And those kind of things can really inform a space as well. I think you can also go through your closet. What types of, um, prints do you have in your closet or is your closet all black? Those kind of things are very informative as well. What kind of artist do you gravitate towards? Even like fashion runways, whose collection is is inspiring you right now? Even if it's not something you're purchasing, are you loving, you know, are you loving what Gucci's doing right now? Or are you, are you loving something much more minimal? Those kind of questions are fun places to start and they're not exactly the most practical places to start. And I understand that, but what I like to do is get people in that like imaginary space and into mm-hmm. where you're thinking just about things that you like. And you're not really thinking like, what couch do I need? You're- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not being practical. Yeah. Like go outside of that and then come back in. Yes. I totally want to side rail this combo, but you had an address in your book and I was like, I have that dress. Oh, I got so excited. There's like a, a caramely one that the back's all out with the big ruffle sleeve or the, anyway, I digress. You're in there and I have the dress though. It was oh, all, so yes. I got really excited. I, I remember <laughs> that was in my Florida project. Yeah. I, I still, I love that dress. Yeah. Speaking of fashion, I just wanted to say I, I felt elevated, just honored, I guess, to have the same one. Was it? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, okay. That- Back on track on your book about you. <laughs> no, I mean, that's a good way. I mean, fashion is usually ahead of interior design. So like thinking about the color palettes that are really, you know, kind of coming to the forefront and how we can inter- how those might be the next wave within interior design as well, I think is important. But yeah, I think just letting your mind wander is sort of an important place to start, even though it's not necessarily like, I get it, people are busy, and they're not like, okay, I'm gonna take an hour to let my mind wander. But Maybe do, maybe get my book, maybe get other people's books and let your mind kind of wander through the pages, mark pages that you like, flag pages, start Pinterest boards. I think just collecting a lot of imagery at first is really important and kind of taking out the constraints of your space in your mind, just letting your mind be open to, yeah, I know that this this room is in a chateau in Paris. I get it. This is not my room, but... I like this room, you know, and just kind of collecting those things along the way. Okay. So I've got my, my vision. I have Mm -hmm. that sort of idea. Then how do I 
turn that into pieces that make a functional space. Yes. So then I think one of my biggest tips for if you can, when you're, when you're designing your room, really, even if you can't buy them all at once, really try to plan it all at once, like the whole room. So we're talking about your living room, for example, instead of just going, I'm going to buy the couch first and I'm going to buy it in the neutral because I know that'll work with anything I add later. Let's gather all the pieces that you like. And I actually, I like to physically print things out. I have a weird um, tick that I like to print them out and fold them in a way that I can't see any of the words or labels or brands and lay them all out. So we have a big studio work island, but everybody has a kitchen island or a dining room table that you can, like I did my mom's project for my dining room table. I printed things out for my home computer and all of these items that I liked and folded them and looked at them together. And then I think the really important thing is ordering samples of the actual fabric. So if you're ordering from Ballard, you guys do sampling from your fabrics. And I think it's important to look at it in person as opposed to just on the screen. Um, because, you know, a, a pink can look one way on a screen and then it can come and it look like a dead mouse when it shows up at your house. So you have to actually look <laughs> at the sample. <laughs> I love that. So I'm hoping that's an actual example where you suddenly came in and you're like, that's dead mouse color. Oh, uh, we always talk about dead mouse color because my least favorite color is gray. And if anything kind of like it's slides gray, into that space, dead mouse. <laughs> dead mouse. It's just like, ugh, no, dead mouse. Who wants a sofa that looks like a giant dead mouse? Nobody. Uh, so, <laughs> so we just like, yeah, I, I mean, it. I think, and then actually looking at all of the colors together, like I said, even if you can't do it all at one time, having that plan and that direction of where you're headed plan it all out and then say, okay, I'm going to invest in this piece and this piece this year. And, and what I would suggest is making those investment pieces, not the sofa, like everybody says, I would, I would say, let's make for, from my personal experience, what I've always done is invested in fabrics and textiles. So I would bring in a really fabulous pure fray and put that as a pillow on my retail sofa or something like that. It elevates the look of a space. The other thing I love is like vintage lighting. Mixing vintage lighting in with retail items is another way to really um, elevate the look of a room and deciding what an art, obviously, and deciding what those pieces are that you want to splurge on. But for me, it's always been like fabrics and wallpapers, as you can probably tell. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, though. And I, I think most people appreciate it because that where do I start? And this is such a good... And then where you invest being such a different pending on it too. So I love that you mm-hmm. have found that that brings the richest layer and worth it um, to a space. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're so right about ordering samples. And I, outside of the color too, there's just so much that you cannot gather about a fabric on the screen. I mean, the hand, like the feel of it and something that, you know, and if, like you were talking about investing in fabrics, that's what you're going to be touching so you yeah. want it to really be maybe maybe the four of us are like more tactile and some people don't care as much. But I feel like if I and there are certain fabrics that the oh, hand yeah. of it. Can oh, like it goes kind back to fashion. Out, you know? It's the same thing in fashion. You could exactly. see something and then you're like, I do not want that touching my skin. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> So you're like, that was I a great one dress that hangs in my closet that yes. I never put on because every time I put it on, my neck is like 
breaks out into a hive. <laughs> See? That exactly. Yeah. yeah. You don't want your sofa to do that. So that is important. Like I'm I'm a big lover of mohairs, but some people are don't like wools and are allergic to wool. So I tell people like rub it on your face. Like, you know, rub it like in sensitive yeah. spots under your arm. Like mm-hmm. make sure that it feels good to you on your skin. You want to be able to take a nap on your sofa and you're going to yeah. use a pillow yeah. as your pillow while you're napping. 100%. You want it to be comfortable. Totally. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about fabric schemes because you obviously have such an eye for that and you're a lover of fabrics, but I feel like your the fabrics that you pick are not, I mean, they're not they're unexpected. So they're, how, how are I don't know. You just, you pair them together so well, but they're often combinations that I would never think would work. So I'm curious kind of how you start layering fabrics together and what in your mind makes a combination work. Hmm. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things I think about our work is I, I love finding like some obscure fabrics or collecting, like I've been collecting textiles for a long time, even like not discontinued, but like things that the showrooms aren't really showing anymore. And they're super old. Like I, I, we always joke that when we're laying out schemes, the fabric I fall in love with is for sure going to be discontinued because I love old (laughs) fabrics. (laughs) I, um, I love new fabrics too, but I, I have a thing for older fabrics. And I think that's partially because the color palettes are usually different depending on when, what period in time they were created. And then also just because I haven't seen them as much before, that always makes something interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I do like a lot of patterns. I recently realized that I'm obsessed with bamboo, which I, I didn't really know that I was, but I'm sitting in my office and it's covered in bamboo. And I said to one of the designers here, I was like, I'm, I'm really having a bamboo moment. And she looked around and she's like, you're always having a bamboo moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> Sometimes it's nice to have coworkers who can tell you the true you that you're not. <laughs> I know. Like Summer, hello, you're so predictable. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think, uh, well, I love, I love florals, obviously, I think. Um, and again, that's, that can be kind of a hard sell. And I love, um, I love colors that are like slightly off of, of, um, standard. So I, I love colors that have like a twinge of, I, I tend to like dirtier colors and a little, um, a little bit, just like a little bit dirtier. Um, but we, you know, we put together all sorts of different palettes for people, which is really fun. Like there's a project in my book that's basically three primary colors that are so bright and clear. And um, it was not something that I had ever done before, but it was a lot of fun to, to work with that kind of different palette. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about the blue living room? Oh, yes, I am. And that, that yeah. Was yeah, that, that based color. on the one? Did you start with the painting for the, or the art? That, in that whole room? apartment was mm-hmm. based around like the idea of Joseph Albers. Yes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so you can see the color blocking in that room with the blue walls mm-hmm. and then the red sofas. And it's also very childlike, right? It's red, blue, and yellow. And, you know, and my son's room is that way too. He has the three primary colors in his room. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, um, but it's also not like a child. Like to your point, <laughs> it's playful. But um, and then you yeah. did a white high sheen ceiling and the white chandelier oh, yeah. that just made it. Um, anyway, just glisten. And yeah, it's really spectacular. That shade of blue is so unique, and I feel like it could have looked really like awful. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> but it. It's. I is mean, this one it just where you really beautiful? Yeah. Yeah. Did you wait to show the client on this one? You're like, do not enter your beautiful space no. yet. You will. No, she it. was so brave. Like she was. Awesome. She was probably my bravest client, and she would push me actually further outside of my comfort zone. But that blue, a, it's fabulous. It's it's Saint Giles blue from Farron Ball. But B, it's really surviving on that architecture. Because if you painted that in a white box room, it could go really, really wrong. But this room had imported boiserie from like the late 1700s or something. So it is just a magical room to begin with. And when you put that color on it, it really balanced. Um, the edginess of that color was balanced by the traditional bones mm-hmm. of the room, I think. Which right, is something like it, we love It made too. the room feel not so, I guess... It could have looked I, cheap uh-huh. if the room wasn't, if the room was cheap, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that is what's so hard, I think, with those kind of clean, bright colors is it can go cheap, like yes. to your point. Um, so they're very hard to do. Um, so I totally recommend everyone check out your work because you did it yeah. so well that it does not look cheap. But it looks very Well, nice. my son's room is another example of a more affordable version. We used this really intense yellow on his walls, but instead of doing it just on his walls, his whole room is actually paneled. It's actually wood paneled. And then we put the yellow on top of that. So that gives that like depth. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's an old gentleman's club that we then lacquered yellow. You know, that was sort of the vibe, but we created that. It wasn't there mm-hmm. to begin mm-hmm. with. So do you think those architectural details that are on the room, like the paneling that kind of add shadows and light and dimension mm-hmm. to those colors that could go flat and cheap. Exactly. Yes. I think having all of those um, reveals and shadow, like you said, and depth is, is what makes it look rich instead of cheap. If it was just on a flat wall, it could be disastrous. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the things, and this is, this is throughout all of the the spaces in the book, but I also felt like in that, in that home in particular, um, I love the way you use shapes. I mean, it's almost like every piece of furniture is a really unique shape. I mean, sure, there's a roll arm in your book, but like the majority of the the tables and the chairs, they have very shapely. They've got sculptural. There's the word I was looking for. Yeah. They, it's almost like sculptural pieces. So I was curious, you know, what is it about these bold shapes? Like, what does what do the bold shapes bring to the rooms, and why are you so attracted to them? Well, I love two things. I love bold shapes and I love fanciful shapes. So bold shapes to me are like, again, it's kind of brings back that childish quality where it's like, it's a triangle, it's a circle, it's a square. (laughs) We have a whole project in the book that has so many circles and you would not believe when you, it'd be like a fun Where's Waldo game to count how many circles are in that, uh, in that space. But, and then the other thing I really like is like fanciful shapes. And that kind of goes back to, like I always say, if a piece of furniture has like a beauty and the beast quality, right? Where it looks like it could just get up, 
and come alive and take off um, <laughs> within your room. I love that. That's just so much fun to me. So, and those tend to be like older pieces with more intricate lines. And then in contrast, I like really simple graphic lines as well. Mm-hmm. But, but what is it that like, I guess, cause you combine so many different of, of these shapes into one space. Most people would think like, oh, okay, well I'll have some traditional shaped furniture and then like one bold hmm. table or, or whatever. But your each piece in the room is that has that uniqueness. So how are you combining? And then you have like a wallpaper and fabrics and it's just <laughs> so many layers together. But then, you know, you can tell that it's also still She very tells evident. you there is no rule. She just knows. She doesn't. <laughs> I know, but I'm trying to figure right. out how we can. It's true. I guess. Well, I think I it's just, about like falling in love with the things, right? Like not, like you said, you mentioned the hero fabric, right? Like people will take the hero fabric and like, this is the one fabric I love for the whole space and everything else has mm-hmm. to bow down to it. And I'm mm-hmm. more like, oh, it's a party. Let's, let's put a bunch of great people or characters in the space and let's really love each person that we invited to that party. And um, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about And furniture. only the people we love. Yeah, I like <laughs> yeah, it. No, yeah, you don't want any duds at your party, right? So Absolutely. you don't want them in your living room either. <laughs> Get out of here. I love no, that's it. That's a good, I think that's great. Because also, you know, why spend money on something that you don't love? Yeah. And if, it, if you're just like trying to fill a space, like just wait for it. And that's a lesson that I've had to learn because I love to fill a space. I've bought some things and I'm like, I just bought that to fill the space and I don't love it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. for me, it's like, I always think I have like emotional relationships with pieces of furniture, which is unhealthy. I don't recommend it, but (laughs) I can remember a piece of furniture that I saw like 10 years ago, if it really strikes you. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's just about finding that. And I know not everybody has that kind of connection with pieces, but just really making sure you love what you're, what you're buying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like a great way to, to ensure longevity to mm-hmm. your, yes. your pieces. You know, 100%. if you really love something, you're probably not going to want to get rid of it in five years. And when you move to a new space, you're going to figure out a way to use it again. Absolutely. Like this tiger just... sofa behind me in my office, I picked this tiger sofa out before I had the office. So when we were shopping for an office, I was like, it has to fit this sofa. This sofa. <laughs> I love that. I always joke that it's like, I'll die on the sofa. Like, it, I love that mm. sofa. So, yeah, if you really feel passionately about something, it works. You make it work and you t- mm. keep it for a long time, which is which is great. You know, we don't want to be like throwing things away every two seconds. So mm-hmm. it is so funny to get to a... Uh, um some of your work, like you said, you do have like a pause in color and you have white walls. And I'm like, what happened here? And I have to, because <laughs> you ha- your rooms are so intense that you have, um, again, I think, or when just looking at it, you had a white walls, but then again, everything, all the objects in the room had a shape, had a form mm-hmm. that your eye had to stop and pause and think about. Um, but I will say that was like one of those coffee morning flips where I was like, what happened here? I don't know. <laughs> did you forget these walls? <laughs> and I did. I, there was there were some projects that were more neutral that I actually didn't include in the book. But yeah. usually, I do. I actually do like white walls in uh, some cases, and I like uh, generally the way I prefer them is for them 
to have like really bold pieces of colorful furniture that pops off of the white walls. So, mm. you know, I'm working on a project right now that will have a very neutral backdrop, but this sofa is this color or like, yeah. sorry, I, I, <laughs> I forgot one of very colorful swatch. <laughs> like a citron green or something uh-huh. and playing with I'm actually playing with all these colors of melons right now and that those will all be like different oranges and peaches and citrons and greens that will pop mm-hmm. off of these mm-hmm. white walls so mm-hmm. I'm not totally down on white walls but <laughs> I have one I have one I guess my kitchen has white walls <laughs> 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 I'm totally kidding. I know each person's different. And we always laugh about that because I love color and my sister hates color. She wants everything <laughs> like very subdued. And I was like, well, that also fits our wardrobes. And like, every, like to your point, yeah, exactly. just who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't change it. <laughs> I wrote some. So we, we you talk in the book about breaking design rules. And I wrote down some of your, I wrote down summer's rules for breaking, like rules that you break. That might oh, for other people be neutrals are the best base. So oh, these are rules I don't like. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like okay. rules that you break <laughs> that others might have as a rule, but to you it's like something you don't do. So okay, talk about neutrals as the best base. Like why you might want a sofa instead of in that like white or whatever. What it is about a colorful piece or pattern sofa that is the better choice in your mind. Okay. So many reasons. So my, I mean, my living room is a great example of it, which is in this month's veranda and I have a papaya sofa. So my sofa is intensely orangish red papaya. And it just, every time I enter my room, I love that sofa. I love that color. That color just jumps out at me, gives me a big old hug. I, I, I'm obsessed with it and I'm still obsessed with it. And so for me, the sofa is a big piece in the room. So I want it to elicit that joy when you see it and that color, um, that color does it for me. And then like the sofa in my office is a tiger print. And um, I, it's like a velvet tiger print that I've loved and feel like I will love for the rest of my life. The other thing that's really great about prints and and colors on sofas is they're more forgiving. A tiger print sofa, you could do anything on it and it would just <laughs> lap that right up and you wouldn't notice. But I think they're easier to live with. Uh, other than my mom, my mom loves white sofas. So I do white sofas for my mom, but I can't remember the last one that we did because it's just, for me, it's about that emotional response from color. Mm-hmm. You have that's, a project in your book yeah. that's making me rethink purple sofas. Oh, t- tell me. I know. I love a purple sofa. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> that, again, okay, so that room is a great example of a room that can handle a purple sofa. And when I first saw that room, it that pine library was always like that. It was pine. And I thought, what a spectacular room. This room can handle so much color. And so that's actually in Atlanta, and I've been wanting to... Um, dive into that room for a long time because I knew that it could handle so much color because it has these really rich pine walls and tons of books and high ceilings and perfect architecture. And again, like if you put a big purple sofa in just any old apartment, that might look crazy. But this room, because of the richness of the walls, could handle an intensely purple sofa. 
in my opinion. I love it. No, it's I love a, the purple. It's a beautiful, <laughs> rich purple on those on those natural wood walls. It's gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. I'm having a purple moment too, I, which I, was a color that I kind of backed off of for a, didn't really respond to for a while, but now purples are popping up more for me. Caroline's always been a purple person, like from when I met her. And so we we have been <laughs> laughing now that I'm actually uh, trying to do a lavender in my dining yeah. room. And so to your point too, for years, I'd be like, no. And I'm like hard in right now too. And Caroline was like, I've always been here. Welcome. You know? <laughs> she's so like, that's what she's thinking right now. <laughs> yeah. She's like, of course the purple sofa works, obviously. <laughs> well, I think that just a few years ago, there was like, we were... I don't know. I must have seen something in like a magazine, but it's like you had never, I hadn't seen any purple in decorating at all for so long. And then mm-hmm. you just see a color and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, I forgot about that color. Why have we, you know, and it's sort of like that papaya sofa, you know, I saw that color. I'm like, wow, oh gosh, like I'd forgotten about that color, you know, and it's, it's yeah. something about seeing something that you haven't seen in a long time that just, is really magical and yeah that discovery of of a new color Mm -hmm. i'm always like why are there not more colors in the rainbow i need more colors (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i go through them and i'm like there's just there's just not very many but um, obviously there's endless shades of of those colors (laughs) there was a really special um hallway in the book that i absolutely loved and i was wondering if we could talk a little bit about small spaces and maybe that another rule that you like to break about you know small spaces maybe not being able to handle a lot of bold design choices but i felt like that hallway was a great you know it could have just been like a throwaway space but you really made it something special and 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 like a little down the rabbit hole kind of, you know, it has yeah. this like escapist feel to it. Could you, could you describe it to our listeners so they could kind of picture what it looks like? And Well, and- I love hallways. Which hallway are you, do, do you have I'm any other clues on? that one that has the shelf ledges oh, on yes. the sides. Yeah. Oh, that's a great example. So that, it, that was definitely a throwaway hallway. So we work in a lot of vintage co-op buildings here in Chicago that tend to have very long hallways that separate the public and the private spaces. And I joke, these hallways look like they're on the shining sometimes. I mean, I've even done pictures where I put, you know, somebody at the end of it in the before picture because it looks so creepy. And I I have the, I mean, this, it wasn't that project, but the other one had just the creepiest, longest hallway. And they're always dark and they have no natural light, which is a bummer. I love spaces with natural light. So that hallway that you're talking about, we lacquered, speaking of purple, we lacquered the walls like this kind of pinkish purple, like orchid color. And um, it has a barrel vaulted ceiling. And then the light is really reflected around by that super, super pale color. And then it had the saddest floor. It had the saddest like grayish stone, just like a stone that people look like they chose when they gave up and they just put it all throughout this hallway. The dead mouse. The dead mouse. (laughs) The dead mouse of stones. And the husband was like, we are not tearing out that stone. It is perfectly good stone. You know, you, you know, this is what husbands say. Uh No reason to do that. So bless him because I really had a lot of fun coming up with, I probably would have just replaced it with stone, but because he said that and he put his foot down, I was like, okay, well, we are changing this somehow. 
what we ended up doing is painting it, which sounds terrible, but we actually painted it with like marine graded paint. And we have this amazing painter that, that does a fabulous job with our painted floors to where they can handle a lot of traffic. And we made this graphic pattern on this super long hallway that definitely leads you down the hallway um, towards the private spaces of the house. But yeah, we, I mean, I, I love a good throwaway space. I love taking it and making it something because it's surprising, right? People aren't, people are expecting to see a great living room, but they're maybe not expecting to like lose their breath over the hallway. And I mean, the lighting in here is just so, I'm assuming it's not just the photograph, but the way the photograph, it just is so beautiful. It's like, I want to have like a party in this hallway. (laughs) Well, that whole apartment, that's the same one with the blue walls. And we used a lot of lacquer to bounce that light around. And Mm -hmm. you do, it feels like very dreamy and ethereal is another word I like to use a lot. Ethereal. I think that hallway feels like that because of the really like that color, actually that purple color that we use when we had the sample in our office, I, I promise you it looks white. And then in that space, that's the other thing about colors. Like you need to take it into a space that doesn't have any natural light and watch what it does. Cause the, and the pigments of it really came out with the, um, the incandescent lights that were shining on it. And if it were in the blue room, for example, that would have looked white, but in that hallway with no natural light, it had this very pale kind of orchid shade to it. Well, it's, it it's is so pretty. So mm. pretty. Yeah. Mm. I love that one too. I did a funny before and after on Instagram of the the shining hallway. That was that was that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You have a great Instagram. I followed along when you were in was it Mexico picking out slabs? Yeah. Wow. Yes. yes. Loved every minute of it. I was like, yes to that one. Oh. You could hear me from far away. <laughs> Well, it was so funny because I was picking out the wildest slabs and I'm like, am I just like drunk on shopping right now? Is that what's happening? And am I going to get back and go, why did I pick all of these slabs? Um, But (laughs) no, I like what you said. They were the story. They were, you know, how you like to start with the coolest stone right now and make that the vibe or whatever. So yeah, awesome. Okay. I missed Um, this. What did you use the slabs for? Well, the sl- so we're building a home that is actually um, going to be a home that's for rent in Mexico. So everybody should follow along on our Instagram page and watch the process of it. We're building a beachfront, beachfront home in Sayulita, Mexico. It has like seven bathrooms or something crazy. So we went and decided that the stone for each of the vanities was going to be like the thing of the bathroom. The bathrooms are relatively quiet, but they each have this amazing stone that it starts with. And honestly, there wasn't a huge plan for the stone. It was, let's go to Mexico. Let's go to some stone yards. Let's find what stones jump off the table to us. Mm -hmm. And then we'll figure it out from there. And so that's definitely what we did. And like I said, it was, (laughs) it was pretty liberating and fun. And we'll see, we'll see how it turns out. (laughs) I, I enjoyed the journey was my point. I was sitting in my living room and really, I just appreciated that. It was great. It was a great trip to Mexico. Thanks. Thanks. So yeah. will this, will they be countertops, floors? Countertops. So okay. the, the entire bathroom is going to be built out of a material called chacoon, which is like an ancient or 
ancient Mayan plaster, apparently. But it's essentially plaster, but you can put it on, um, it's a different formulation, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And they use it a lot in the Yucatan in Mexico. And um, we're, we're actually on the Pacific coast and it'll be the first time we're using it there. But it's a pretty quiet and textural kind of uh, plaster-like material. And then we'll, the thing that we're doing to shake it up is we're going to have these incredible stones. And I think a lot of them, some of them, I hate granite. Some of them are granites, just wildly colorful granites that I had never seen before. And then a lot of quartzites um, and then some marbles as well, but basically just whichever stones, colors spoke to us with the palette of the, of the house. So it, it will be, it'll be a lot of fun slash a little nerve wracking to see it come together. <laughs> Are there ever times where you are worried? Oh, yeah. I always think you should be, like, a little bit worried. <laughs> I like it. Take it to the edge. Worried, yeah, that's good. I mean, my living room that's on the cover of Veranda, when I saw it, when I saw the walls painted and I have a purple marble wallpaper on the ceiling, I walked in and I went, I just made a pink and purple Barbie dream house room. What the hell did I do? And then after all the pieces came in, it really made sense and it was no longer a Barbie dream house, but it was an interesting, (laughs) exciting color story that I thought it would be originally. So that's another thing that I tell clients and I would tell people is wait till everything is in before you make your judgments, because I almost ripped out that ceiling wallpaper and I'm really glad I didn't. I sometimes feel like when I, when I first do something like make a decorating choice and I get it installed, I, it's a good sign if at first I'm like, oh God, I hate it. Like <laughs> at first I'll say like, oh God, I hate it. I made such a huge mistake. But then like 24 hours later, I'll sort of sit with it or, you know, put whatever else in mm. with it. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, no, I love it. Never mind. But it's <laughs> do you just, say it out loud time. though? Right. Yeah, do, do you say it out loud so your husband's like, what did you do? Or do you keep that inside? No, no, I keep it inside. I'm like, don't, <laughs> don't, don't admit it. Do not admit it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and then later, I'm like, oh, time. okay, now it's working now. But at first, it, you know. And you were like, I always knew that was going to work. <laughs> this was always <laughs> going to be good. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But no, I, I love the, I, li- I like sort of the, the rule that you should be a little bit scared. Yeah. I mean, another example is that blue room. When I started painting that like 17th century boiserie, that intense cerulean blue, I was like, I have lost my mind. It is officially over. And there's no going back after you painted it. Yeah. What did your painter say? Oh, he knows. I mean, we're, <laughs> he doesn't question me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> She's broken. He's, he's completely broken now. He's like, of course it is. <laughs> right. Like if I, if I was painting like a gray or a white, he might be like, Summer, are you sure? Like, is this what we're doing? Is this the right color? Yeah. <laughs> so he never says, are you sure you want this color? You're sure. Oh, I mean, he has, of course, in the past. Yes. (laughs) And you're like, yes, I do. Slap it on. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get it going. Yeah. No, we tried out a few different colors on that, but we tried them out on the paneling. So we were going to, we were going for it one way or the other. That's another thing. Like painting an actual big sample in your room is a great idea. Nobody can pick a room from those tiny color chips. Even mm-hmm. our team of designers, we make huge mistakes when we see that color chip go into a bigger sample, which we always do. We're like, what in the world? That wasn't yeah. the color I had in mind at all. So we definitely want to see it in like 
on the wall, I like to see like a four by five swatch of the color. Or before we put it on the wall, I like to see at least like an eight by 10 sheet of the color. Any last questions before we do our dilemma? Liz, Taryn? No, I just, again, amazing book. Everybody, please it was, get it. It You'll really love was it. just so fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So our question today is from Deb and she says, hello, dear designers. Thanks for the podcast. They're so fun and educational. I enjoy listening to them daily. My dilemma is this. I purchased this vintage cabriole leg oak buffet specifically for my small dining room and it doesn't seem to fit aesthetically with the rest of the open concept space. Is it the stain color, the style or the decor that is throwing it off? I plan to paint it deep navy or black at one time, but I'm not sure if that's a good idea or not. Please help. I would say I have a traditional design style and like to throw a few unique pieces into the mix. The home is a 1901 American Foursquare we recently inherited and remodeled. Any additional suggestions for improving my home are welcome. Thanks, Deb. Cool. Well, first of all, I love the idea of incorporating an older piece into a space. And it looks like most of the pieces in this space are new. She has a really kind of quirky coffee table. I also like the idea. I don't like rooms that have all painted furniture necessarily. So I like the concept that she had of incorporating this wood tone into the space. And it's balanced kind of in the space by her coffee table. I think it might be the style of the piece that's throwing it off. Like it's just a little bit too delicate or something in conjunction with the other pieces in the space. But that being said, I do think if you wanted to try, like for example, if you weren't going to pay a lot to have it painted, if you were going to paint it yourself, it might be worth trying to paint it and see if that helps it to fit in a little bit better. Otherwise, I think I would recommend uh, sourcing another piece that is in that wood stain. Like I like that it's in a wood stain and it differentiates itself from the rest of the furniture because her table is painted and her chairs are painted. I like the idea of bringing in that tone. And some of it is just in the styling too. Like if we, she has kind of like a runner on top of it. If we took the runner off and she has a fun lamp already, but maybe adding like a fun shade to that lamp or styled it in a more modern way, it might also help it to kind of blend in with the rest of her room. What about, it seems like, you know, kind of most of the, you like you mentioned the coffee table and then she has this warm oak buffet. It's like everything else in the room is a cool tone. Mm-hmm. So it's those two things are like the only warm toned items. What about just bringing in more of that more warm tones, I guess, throughout the space, you know, maybe with pillows or art or something. Do you think that can help? I think that's a good point. I think changing, like bringing in with that kind of warmer tone and shade with textiles is another, like you said, another great way to sort of tie these pieces into the room because you're right. Like everything else is very much in that gray, blue, white palette. And maybe if she found a floral that incorporated some of those blues, but also had some pinks or some oranges or something Mm -hmm. like that, it would help to tie in the the wood pieces a little bit better. And I also think she could live it up a little and change her wall color out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, 
you you're not one to pick a, a taupe wall so go bold <laughs> i mean i i i think even if you so if you like neutrals really soft pinks are easy ways to kind of edge into color if you like cool like cooler neutrals even like some super pale lavenders that t- can kind of dance between lavender and gray can be really pretty and feel neutral. I always say it's like, it's a color, but your husband won't notice. He Mm. thinks it's gray. He thinks it's beige, but it's pink. (laughs) Right. Um, So kind of dancing that line is sometimes a good place to start. Yeah. We had a, we did a a wall color, a paint um, episode probably about two years ago. And we talked a lot about nuance and that's something that I always think back to, you know, a color that's not always one color. It's one color in the morning Mm -hmm. and it's a different color at night. And then it's a different color with the lights on. And that is so nice because it, it's like each day it's something new. I don't know. And it's living, right? So I think Mm -hmm. that's why it's nice. It's living with the changing of the patterns of the sun. It's changing with the seasons and I think pheromone balls colors do that really well. They live really well and change really well in rooms. So a lot of times we'll start with the pheromone ball deck. And I also think it's, you can, but I think it's hard to make a mistake with their colors Hmm. uh, because they have a pretty tailored palette. Yeah. It's very edited. So it's, you know, Benjamin Moore, there's like thousands. You can easily make a mistake. I love Benjamin Moore. We use it a lot, but you can really go wrong there's too many options yeah there's too many Mm -hmm. options yeah Mm -hmm. all right well good luck deb pick up summer's books so that you can get a little bit of inspiration she might she might kind of push you outside of your comfort zone a little bit and (laughs) you know um and then push you down the rabbit hole you'll never know what you find (laughs) exactly yeah we'll get a picture from deb next year and she'll have like a totally pink room with an orange sofa love it. Summer, can you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work, and pick up your book? Yes. So our website is summerthorntondesign.com. One of the tricks is Thornton is T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N. So it's Thorn and then Ton. And our Instagram handle is the same, Summer Thornton Design. And uh, our book is available at Barnes and Noble. It's available at Target. It's available on Amazon, and um, it's available at a lot of a lot of bookstores around the country too. So um, yeah, definitely check it out. And I think it's a good. It is a nice big size, and it's a good value for the size. It's under fifty dollars. So yeah, it's, it's I also worth it. totally judge a book not by the cover but by the fabric binding and it's so pretty thank you it has a little it's so pretty yeah it's that purple yeah it's purple it has that gorgeous embossed like metallic it's it's really pretty when you take the cover off as well Mm -hmm. oh good well that was important to me as well that i wanted it to be able to live on your coffee table in purple or in green whichever suits you better (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to to flip through your book and and Mm -hmm. chat with you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, this was fun. It was like um, chatting with with old girlfriends. So thank you. It was really fun. (laughs) Was it the dead mouse? It was the dead mouse, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So so many fun going to be referencing that. Listen, I've had a dead mouse and now I know what to call gray. So I I feel (laughs) better. Thank you. You're welcome.
<laughs> and that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating.